Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to Propaganda, the show where we find out what's been said about Leeds United. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael and Moscow. Part one then is where we find out what Leeds fans have been saying about the most recent game, which is the game against Spurs at the weekend. Feedback from our TSB Plus subscribers on our performance on the match ball and Leeds United's performance. More relevantly. <laughs> yes. Although, well, the first one is it's people going on the attack. We were too gloomy. Roger Kitt, Aiden, and Toby all uh, saying we were too gloomy. But this is the point, isn't it? In the wake of a defeat, I'm generally quite sad. Mm. A couple of days down the line now, as it is on Tuesday, I'm all right again. I felt better, actually. We'll, we'll come on to it. But listening to the Spurs fans, I felt defensive of our performance all of a sudden. I was like, no, we were good. We, were, to it. we, we were, were good. good. Yeah. We were good. I mean, Roger is the one who actually has picked out that we were too gloomy. This was another pretty good performance. <laughs> I was going to say, Roger. And then <laughs> yeah. it develops. It was another pretty good performance. To be honest, we may go down in the end. <laughs> oh, but we all said we'd stay up. We were all being happy a minute ago, Roger. So, um, he, I mean, Roger doesn't mind. Don't mind if we're playing good football. He says, in the repeated second half fade is a worry. So Roger is saying we may go down and he's worried about the second half performances, but we were too gloomy on the match ball. <laughs> Cheers, Rog. <laughs> gloomy old Roger. It, it was a weird reaction from uh, probably the usual gloomier quarters rather than in this room. I feel exempt from gloom. But um, the pre-match vibe when you saw there's no Rafinha there's no Rodrigo obviously there's never been and never will be a Bamford Ailing's gone there's no Robin Cock all that kind of stuff I got 6-1 to one on Leeds United to win that game so that's how much you, did you win from that well Leeds didn't win so I mm-hmm. lost money which is why people shouldn't bet yeah. no matter what the adverts say um, you've got your Roma investment I suppose haven't you your yeah, socios that's, that's, that's your retirement we've had it? a new socios poll by the way have we well, there's a new socios poll we'll do it in the in the main <laughs> weekly show I'll keep, that's that's like to, it's a cliffhanger isn't it people that want to see that yeah so just we're cross selling across the other show <laughs> now this is how it works yeah listen to that one watch that one um, which is YouTube and the audio version as well you could watch one and then listen to the other just to bump our numbers up so it's a good way to do <laughs> try and sync it up listen on like you, when people try and sync the TV with the you, radio you won't be able to do it because the um, the audio version is very ah. slightly shorter because I shorten the silences between speech whereas we don't do that with the video so well magic's gone now. I'll peek behind the curtain there for you anyway back to this gloom yeah I mean look we played great in the first half we lost it in the second half so I naturally felt quite gloomy because that's the way it goes isn't it when you've you've glimpsed you know the prize is there within reach oh we look great in this game and then we threw it away we destroyed that prize and as I was saying, everybody thought we were going to get battered and we weren't. 
Yeah, so that, that was the, the summary of the point I was coming I towards. never went into that thinking we were going to get battered. I thought we'd be all right and competitive, which we were. We're probably better than I anticipated, but it's still disappointing to get in front, especially with the timing of the goal, just before half-time. It's just frustrating, wasn't it? And I think, going back to what I probably badly expressed on the match ball, was kind of every time we lose, and the fact that we are now here a third of the way through the season, as you rightly pointed out, Michael, with only two wins on the board, it does sort of expose the more systematic shortcomings of the Leeds United setup. And that's not to suggest that Bielsa doesn't know what he's doing, because that's, I mean, that's one of the things I get attacked, I think, don't I, at some point in this, or heroes and villains, somebody goes on the attack versus me, I noticed in the notes. I know um, someone was criticising you on uh, on Twitter as well, I think, for being too negative. For, I think it was, for, it was for dwelling on the Calvin thing, I think, which, in fairness to you, that was developing very much as we were. Yeah, and I did say, my, my, I went back and listened to the final couple of sentences of the show, which was, we'll find out if there's anything in that or not. That was mm. my closing sentence. So, up yours, whoever it was. <laughs> You're no better than Jamie O'Hara. Not interested in in your criticism. But yeah, the lack of depth and Bielsa's insistence on having the thin squads, Kevin, Todd and Ding all picking it out. I mean, it's true, isn't it? It's a third of the way through the season now, as you pointed out to me, Michael, you did the maths and um, it is costing us, unfortunately, but it's kind of what you get with Bielsa, isn't it? It's uh, it's all or nothing. Yeah, Ding was pointing out that Bielsa, he needs more to critiquing, saying this was completely predictable. And he's concerned that he is partially, slowly dismantling his own legacy, which I don't think we're at yet. I, I think he will ever be at. I mean, I don't even know what those words mean. Well, what it means in any is sensible way. But if, if what I think what he's, he's getting at is if if we come up short this season and we do end up going down, then it's kind of what was all that for? It was well pro- for three absolutely magnificent seasons that got us out of the doldrums that we'd been in for sixteen years, and even if and then we returned, do go, and returned us to them with piles of parachute money in a club in a much better state than it found it with a, a style of play better than I've ever seen in my lifetime supporting Leeds United that has been installed through the academy levels so that the, the future players at the club are better than they've ever been. I don't The things that Bielsa has done for this club to then come out of it and go, oh, well, he played Tyler Roberts too many times and we lost some games in the last season and I'm going to spit my dummy out. Well, all, I will, incredible. Say, well, all I will say is good luck making that argument on the day that we go down. If we go down, which we won't, obviously. Yeah, I don't Because I don't want to be accused of being negative. I don't think we will go down. <laughs> and even if we do go down, it will always be remembered that Bielsa is the person who took us up. Anybody could take us down. I don't know how many people could have taken us up the way that they did. I don't know. Do you remember your your daughter's first day at school? I don't know. Do you remember your children's, your <laughs> twins' first day at school? Yeah, vaguely. Wasn't it a beautiful emotional moment? Wasn't it pride, excitement, joy. Just got, oh, you just got to get them out of the house. It's kind of bad work they cry quite a bit. So it's, hmm. I, I think maybe it's, as a non-parent, you don't realise what that day is like. It's kind of, it's not, it's not, it's not like in the movies. Maybe their first and there is, words. And there's, and there's relief bro- uh, baked into it as yes. well. Because like you get your house back then and you can like go, you go back home and you just sit down in a chair and go, God, it's quiet. I can actually think now. But if they fail, for example, a maths test, mm. would you regard their legacy as tarnished in your house. <laughs> Everything like, good they've ever done. I'm not sure this translates entirely. Um, no. I think this is this is a bad example. While I understand what you're getting at, Moscow, I just don't think it necessarily stands up to scrutiny. But I get I get what you're saying, because like, do you know what the other side of this is? The, the, the other side of the coin is the Premier League shit, and I don't like it. <laughs> I really don't like a lot of... What, what, you remember about the championship? But, but that's the other side. That is the other side of the other side of the coin, is that the Championship is a hateful, dreadful place. I watched a bit of Derby in Bournemouth at the weekend and I just thought, that is just disgusting. I remember speaking to, the, it's the guy who does the Stoke fanzine actually, came in had a chat with me when the it was Bielsa's first game and he was saying, oh, I'm kind of glad to be out of the Premier League. It's 
yeah, it's not all, it's not been much fun recently. You know, you're just sort of staying up. And then I think we dicked them on the first day in the championship. And I'm sure after that and the rest of that season when they were basically terrible, you're probably thinking, oh, I kind of thought part of the deal of going down was that we get to win some games, but it's yeah. not it's not quite working out. So it's fun when you win games, but yeah, we've got that's, to remember it's mainly a, it's mainly no fun. That is at the root of it, isn't it? It's just winning, and unfortunately, because of the way the Premier League is, you tend to not win that many games. Mm. But then you don't need to win that many games to stay up. And I think you just when you just get caught in that kind of no man's land of just existing, I mean, at least there's the jeopardy of relegation. Yeah, to, so to add, add a bit of excitement again as part of Bielsa's legacy and achievements is last season booking so many trends from promoted teams and how you know we beat Manchester City, we beat Tottenham. We had an absolutely fantastic season all round. We beat, beat Liverpool on the opening day. Everything was magnificent. And I just don't see why anybody... It's a choice. You can make a choice to remember how brilliant um, everything Bielsa has done has been and then deal with the conclusion however you want. Even if we do go down, you can decide, does that destroy everything good he ever did? Or is everything good he's ever done for us still absolutely magnificent and beautiful and wonderful experiences that we would exchange body organs to live through again. Oh, well, yeah, but we got relegated in the end. Don't care. It was good. I do think there is an understandable frustration in the fact we don't have more. And we've not been relegated yet. I think there is, though. I think that's mainly what it boils down to. People like it would have just been a bit better if we had another midfielder. But the other thing which is a fair is point, which yeah. midfielder? Because the club really clearly couldn't get any of the midfielders they liked. So do we just buy a midfielder Try that they didn't want? Try I, actually, I, I think there is a discussion to be had there about, and I think Phil Hay has, has written on about it or he's touched on it maybe, um, I think he said it on, on one of the recent podcasts actually, where maybe it doesn't have to be that we sign a 25 to 30 million pound footballer, although that is what Bielsa said in his post-match, wasn't it, about recruitment in January. That's the ballpark they want to shop in. Maybe, just maybe, the 10 million pound midfielder is enough for now to stabilise because it's what I was all about with all these sort of shoot for the moon signings before. Sometimes they don't, you know, if you, know, if you put all your eggs into one basket, if that basket tips over and your egg falls on the floor and cracks, you don't have any eggs. And sometimes an inferior egg might be better than no egg. Is that Does that work? But then you sort of, don't you just end up with a player you don't want? Ultimately, yeah, but it's, so be- better, than, but it's better than being relegated, isn't it? If because we stay, how, how do you stay up with players you don't want? Well, what I'm saying is you get players who are capable of keeping you up rather than kicking you on towards European spots maybe rather than going for all the internationals we just get some good enough for now players like Lewis O'Brien well if, so that was clearly on the list but Huddersfield were asking more money than we were yeah, prepared to Con- pay for Con- that Gallagher, player Lewis O'Brien and they still didn't get any and you can't sit here and say that so having, then having after not, that is do we not, just go for a player that we don't want Having not, not good enough no what I'm saying is have a better shortlist I suppose don't. you're talking about basically signing people like I don't know to give an old equivalent like John Pemberton or someone who was never felt like he was here forever, but you'd be like, well, he can do a job for a bit, yeah. can he? And he's, he's been to Sheffield. Which so ironically, perfect. given that John Swift, who's the guy who's at, at Reading, is being linked, is you know somebody you would probably have gone, oh, well, that's not inspiring if we'd have got him in the summer. But actually now when you see what's happened in the season, if we can get him for a few million quid because he's out of contract in the summer and he sees us through, stabilises us, gives us, that, gives us that extra body in midfield and he's in form as well, I'll do for now. I mean, the midfield on Sunday was Click Phillips for sure who who's missing John Swift at Reading I just said who, who are we gonna, who's he replacing no but when they start when we started to lose it in midfield which is what Bielsa said in his post-match you take one of them off when they look knackered or they're getting overrun and you put someone else on who can do more mm. 
but it's know. not it's not controversial to suggest you should have some options on the bench. No. You should have ones that you want, though, and that's the yeah. thing. It's to, it's there's a gamble either way. We said this the other week that you, we, signing players is a gamble because you don't know if they're going to work out. Not signing players is a gamble because it could leave yourself short, and the players that you've got might not perform the way they did before, or they might get injured. But I think you want to minimise your gambles, and if you signing players that are not on your shortlist and are just there for the not for the sake of signing, but just thinking we need anybody is how well that's how I'm not, no, no, I'm, not, I'm not advocating for that though you're, you're, you're putting words in my mouth well, I'm who not are saying we going I'm, to I'm, sign but I'm, I'm not a fucking football scout I don't know but, I don't know I'm not I don't have access to fucking right. Y scouts but the and, people who and, do have access to Y scout yeah. and the people who are football scouts re, couldn't find a re, player that would right. fit the bill so, so there are no midfielders within a slightly cheaper price bracket that they could have found that may, may have fit the bill do you think they wouldn't have signed one if they found one who could, they could get over the line, given that we were going for Conor Gallagher, we were going for Lewis O'Brien. They wanted a central I, I, I midfielder. I don't work for Leeds, I don't know. Well, then why are you assuming that they didn't? I just I just think, given all the football market that exists, could they or could they not have found a midfielder? Well, they couldn't. Well, um, well, because otherwise they'd have signed them because well, we had the budget well, to go and maybe, sign the players. Maybe you need to redefine the parameters of what you're doing. And for example, talking about like short-term... But then sal- that's it. Redefining the parameters of what you're doing is dismantling what's good about what you are doing. It's settling for players who aren't going to do the job you need them to do. You get players that you don't want. But uh, we're talking about taking gambles there, and I think you look at Rodrigo as actually a relatively short-term gamble, if that's the right word, because he's, he was pushing 30 when we signed him for an absolutely massive fee. So you need an instant return on him. You need him to just do a job. He's, he's not going to be here for more than, what, three, four years? So why not somebody else? Quite a long time. Fair enough. Okay, let's go back to the sheet, shall we? <laughs> Michael shuffling around uncomfortably. Oh, we scream at one another. We, we we used to be such friends when we got promoted, and it's all fallen apart. Anyway, who else has been picked out? Let's uh, let's slag off some of uh, their players rather than each other. <laughs> We're not slagging off each other, are we? We're talking about football. Not criticised him. Well, uh, well, I think he took it as criticism. <laughs> I think he did. I think you're suggesting he's made of sterner stuff. I think you're that. suggesting that there are more than three midfielders in the world. Was, let's talk uh, about look. Well, let's oh, let's talk about look. Because a number of people have picked out look, and there is actually a genuine fair point there. Nathan, Boniem, Chris, and Jack have all picked out the lack of luck. And I think you did actually say, so look, I'm now going to put some praise onto Moscow because this is what our discussion is. Um, it did pick this out in the post match when we're saying, like, you know, in what world is it even remotely fair that their free kick hits the post and then falls perfectly for their player? That's just bollocks. It did, and it felt like there were other chances in the game. There was Dan James put that little. Cheeky outside of the foot shot across goal. Gelhart had a couple that were a bit too close to the keeper. I think one went over the bar. But the, the, it felt like in other circumstances, we'd probably get another. They don't get at least one of theirs. And it could just piss off good that game. Nathan, uh, in Nathan's point, actually, I didn't realise this was the case. 14 points we've now lost from winning positions this season. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Mm. Given that we haven't got 14 points on the board yet. Yeah, it's a bit, it is a little bit worrying. It, it feels like the line between this season and last season is probably not all that great. Three points. There are just well, yeah, that's true. There, are, it, the, from the feel of it though, it just felt like last game, last season, games like this, we got something from Spurs away. We, we lost got three now. We got but, Spurs but, away. But, I mean, games. Now we, you're the idiot. I mean, games <laughs> where we played, we played fairly well. Is what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like we'd get something from it, and it feels like we've and like I, I highlighted the, I think on the match ball as well, like the Wolves and Leicester home games. It feels like they are games we might have won last year because we did we probably lost four one to Leicester at home. I'm not talking about the exact. I'm not talking about the exact we never... comparison of games. I'm talking about games where we, in which we dominated for large periods and therefore could have 
could have won. It feels like we did win those games last season. I'm not sure we dominated Leicester at home. I, I think actually, you know, you might be misremembering the early part of the season was pretty shit. Yeah, wasn't it was four one to Leicester, four one to Palace, Palace back yeah. to back, wasn't it? But mm. we, but we had, I think, at that point, we'd kind of had a couple of sniffs of beat, Les- uh, beat Liverpool on the opening. We're beating Liverpool, obviously. We beat, we beat Sheffield we're, United and Fulham, didn't we? And we beat Man yeah. City as well. That was quite early, wasn't it? That was pre Rafinha. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to be serious, they were. It was a defeat and a draw with yeah. Man City. So even those results weren't. But it's, it's the exciting. fact we went toe to toe with them, and, and then we got. But what happened with Leeds last season is we got we got the rub of the green or the the wins when we needed them, didn't we? It's just not quite happened yet this season. But the opportunity now exists going into the next set of games to get a few on the board. The Spurs game is probably from this season is probably a better comparison to Liverpool on the opening day last season, where we played brilliantly and was great for long periods of the game in a way that was maybe not expected against such a powerful and expensive opponent, and lost four three because. Most Salah can just volley it in from absolutely anywhere when he wants to. So that would be a game I would compare it to. So we did lose some of those last season. It, a lot of it's it's that really good run after Christmas that surprised everybody and made us maybe feel like we were better than we ever were. Because even the Manchester City game that we won at the Etihad, you know, we were down to 10 and got battered and then managed to get a goal in the very last minute on the, the counter-attack, having defended brilliantly. It was a fantastic defensive performance, but it's not a game where we were, you know, romping all over them and we really taught Manchester City uh, a lesson um, in any means. It just it just went our way. And there's maybe elements of luck, but then I don't know what you say about Liam Cooper's red card and then also the foul on Rafinha weren't particularly lucky for us. Just maybe it's form, maybe it's just taking chances when they were there and this season we're not taking chances when they're not there <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> or also, when they are there like I, I, was, I was thinking mentally about Gelhart's shot where he made room for himself and uh, shot against Hugo Lloris and he saved it it was like a really good effort but not a goal not any blame on him it was actually quite positive to see that happening but not getting those uh, goals ticked away another thing that was mentioned on the match ball was Conte as well and his behaviour Gary and uh, Darren both picked out well the fact that the Spurs fans booed at half time Darren picks out um, saying that if Conte had any self-respect he would tell them where to stick that job and quit immediately because they got booed off at half time I mean we'll come on to the Spurs fans and Conte in a bit but I have basically managed to convince myself he's not a good manager having previously thought he was I think the Spurs fans reaction to it and his behaviour in this has made me think he's just a Neil Warnock character he's <laughs> <laughs> an Italian Neil Warnock and uh Gary actually mentions him over-celebrating if they get a result against Bielsa because it means that much to them. And for whatever reason, they, they seem to be able to channel it into galvanising their players. Yeah, but a lot of teams do... Like, Tottenham didn't bother shooting for about a month and then they had, had the cheek to score twice against us. Only because it bounced off the post to someone for a tap-in. Yeah, it's not fair. They weren't. It? That's the thing in this game. I know they did score two goals, but they, they weren't carving as open particularly. I know Melia made a couple of decent saves in there. But it's not. It wasn't like we were under the cosh particularly. I know they had more of the ball in the second half, but it, we weren't getting. It didn't feel like an inevitability that they were going to score. It's not like they were constantly flashing shots past the post and carving us open and getting through on goal. It just felt. It felt like there was a slight weight of pressure there. The change in it we actually picked up on in the match ball. Phil and Moscow's West Ham friend Ralph, Phil, and Pennywise all picking out Calvin. So, a there's the post match, the interview that we picked up that kind of unfolded as we were recording the match ball. I don't think there was much in that. There was definitely some frustration in his in his um, interview. You could tell in his language, and he he took like a minute just to kind of pick his words at the start, didn't he? To think, how do I phrase this without 
slagging off either my teammates and or the manager. I don't know exactly who it was directed at. I can't really tell. I think it was directed at Jeff Shreves for asking him stupid questions. He's developed a real passive-aggressive streak <laughs> as Shreves. And you could hear it in the question because the thing about asking him why he played further back in defence, he was brilliant and it worked. It was magnificent all the time that that was there. And there's an easy explanation for it is that Forshaw's available now. So you can put Forshaw into midfield and you can put Calvin wherever you want. You can use him. And it's not a new thing for Calvin to play in our defence. It's not a new thing for Bielsa to use midfielders as defenders. It's fine. It's all right and normal and worked beautifully. And then you've got Jeff Shreves coming along going, you're playing further back today, Calvin. Why? 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 And if you're Calvin Phillips, you think, what's his angle? Why, mm. why is he asking me this weird question? And his answer was very typical of um, Calvin Phillips when he talks about where he's mass played. When he says, I don't know why he put me there, it's not a lie. But if you watch how Calvin Phillips played when he was there, he knew exactly what he was being asked to do. So he knew why he was there. He knew what the job was. But to him, he's the footballer. He's doing his job. If you want to know why he was put there, you ask Marcelo Bielsa what was behind the tactical decisions. It's not for Calvin Phillips to stand there and go, oh, well, uh, Bielsa did the uh, the pre-match analysis and his scouts came up with this. And we had the, the day of... We, just did, a to- we did a tombola um, and Kane came out for me and that's where he put me. Can you believe uh, it? It's Calvin Phillips' place to, to describe what his job was, which he did go on to do. He said we wanted to be a bit more defensive. I was watching Harry Kane. Um not to give the reason for it because the reasons are the coach's domain. Which he, he gave got, perfectly, did Bielsa. He said that because of the way Kane drops deep, essentially, he thought Calvin would be the best person equipped to do that. And he was, because yeah. he did it. And it was and it was good. It was an astute tactical move in the end, wasn't it? And actually, if you're talking about um, Bielsa undoing his hard work, etc., maybe there was a little microcosm of that in this game because when he moved Calvin into midfield for a bit, it didn't work because he said, didn't he, about all the different combinations he tried in midfield. It didn't work, so he moved him back. And, and it did feel like that was the moment of our undoing, I think, when, when the, the shape started to shift. It had already gone a little bit wrong before. He could see it was going wrong and tried to change it, but it actually, it certainly didn't improve it. Well, I mean, they, they nearly yeah. scored from the, the kickoff, didn't they, uh, yeah. in the start of the second half? Was that the post chance when it hit the post? Yeah, mm-hmm. and they'd yeah. scored before Forshaw went off, which was the beginning of the shuffling. So it was after that first goal. Um, and they didn't score again from open play, so... It wasn't as terrible as um, Bielsa was making out when he says, oh, we, we couldn't solve anything. A fully fit for sure, or the mythical other central midfielder if we had one to come well, off the well, bench. There, and there aren't any. Up. If there was one, I'd love them to be here. That's, I think that's where we do agree. You're fine because there aren't. They're none. Then that would have been, that might have helped. But it was also Tottenham getting into gear. Uh, Conte said something interesting about our physical intensity after the game about how he was scared of it and because he's only had the Tottenham players for no time at all because they've all been on international break mostly and he's been uh, hasn't been there very long and he is a big one for fitness he wants them all to be Bielsa fit is one of the things he's aiming to do but there's no time for that for that and so he was worried that if he asked his team to be as intense as Leeds in this match they wouldn't be able to do it and they would be by the end and it just wouldn't work because the players aren't ready for that it sounds like he got to half time and thought right the only way we're going to do this is to match them and be as intense as them and we can do it for 45 minutes and he gave them the full war knock and sent them out and did that and that's where those uh, stats about the, the running stats come in but he was frightened of us in the first half and so didn't kick Tottenham into gear and then once he did kick Tottenham into gear that's when 
the players they've got. Like the one, the big thing to fear was Lucas Moira Stewart getting the ball in midfield, turning and running, which is something we do not like, but is absolutely what he's good at. And that's where the, the midfield thing was kind of breaking down. It wasn't that they were passing well through midfield because they were just getting the ball there and running from there. So Moira, Son, Kane can't run. But the rest of them just getting the ball and running doesn't give you the opportunities then for man-to-man. You can't cut off a, a pass because they're not passing. All you can do is try to tackle them or foul them. And I think that's the problem that we couldn't solve because they were very good at it. And also, you know, you can't really bring Tyler Roberts on and ask him to tackle in midfield. It's not the it's not the job. Are, well, you, say, are you saying Tyler Roberts is a bad player? So he's a bad What's the safe word? What's the safe word? <laughs> <laughs> we need to get out of this discussion. Paul asks about Tyro and there was no real mention of him on the match ball. There's nothing to say on him, is there really? It, nah, he's not really. Consequential. Let's talk about Jackie and James, though. Dan James, who obviously scored. That run was brilliant. Pez reckons that was their best game of the season. Which, Steps- one, which one are we going to drop when Rafinha's fit? Uh, ooh, good question. Stepped up in the absence of Rafinha is the point that was made. And actually, Calvin picked this out in the post-match and Rob did the article didn't he, which is on our blog the good bit of the interview which was about praising those two who really stepped up in the absence of Ravinia and Chuck Late Biscuit which I think is a great name he says Dan James did a lot of kicking at the goal mm-hmm. this is better than endlessly passing around the box he just needs to kick harder and not at the keeper is that right Coach Normanton correct uh-huh. yes well, you'd advise him put it in the net uh, yeah, yeah, away from the goal. I mean, the the goal he scored, the goalkeeper wasn't really there, which it, that's a that if, helps. You can, if you can create a situation where there's no goalkeeper, that makes it easier as well. Mm-hmm. But it, it will be interesting to see what happens, I think, because Rafinha obviously has to play. I thought Gelhart did well enough to suggest he can play up the middle again, which is something we've seen where we've seen James play when when we've been reshuffling in the absence of Bamford. So it is interesting to see what will what will happen as a result of all that because I thought they all did quite well. Suddenly we've got too many players. <laughs> Bielsa does like his wingers though doesn't he Yeah, Yeah, except Helder Costa and they're flexible too because you know Dan James can play centrally he doesn't just do it for us he does it for Wales and he got an assist for Wales Um, I also wrote on the blog about that was a bit comical but his ideas were were right and it worked and Jackie's cross well not just the cross but the way he took that Emerson Royal you can't think of his name can you oh you don't like it I was going (laughs) to call him that numpty right back Um, took him on made an absolute fool of him getting around him and then driving to the byline and the cross is wonderful. You can't underrate how good that cross was. And good on Dan James as well for belting his way into the back post because that's our right winger in the six-yard box. And speaking of their... Oh, no, it's, it, it comes up later, doesn't it? But giving Regulion there. Regulion. Regulion. Yes. Julian Regulion. Regulion. That guy getting a... Um, who scored the other Spurs goal man of the match um, I honestly can't remember it was Holberg oh <laughs> no Holbear I'm happy with Holbear <laughs> but yeah I mean I do want to say the timing of that run having seen the replays of it when it was broken down and analysed afterwards how good was that it really was that the arriving late between two people to get there and which had no right to get there as we said on the match ball just looked like he was miles off it and I was all ready to go oh well never mind nice effort Jackie sorry Regulin. <laughs> okay. Regulin. Reg. Is that some sort of pronounce the app that you've just run that? Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Right. Reg to his mates. Great. And to, to wrap it up then, uh, problems with Spurs' stadium, a skiffle band. <laughs> yes, this was from, uh, wasn't even sent in his feedback. I, I stalked it off, his, off of his Instagram. This is Rob Holmes who used to uh, sell the magazine 
for us, but I noticed he was there. I think I don't know if he paid for this or whether he gets it through his job or something, but he was in obviously some posh bit of the the Spurs, which stadium. is which is all of it. Well, yes, indeed. I did actually. My mate was there. Was basically saying it's crap. It's awful because it's so corporate. Yeah, which it's dreadful. Great. I can't wait till we have it. <laughs> so, but yes, they had um, they had a skiffle band. What and skiffle? That, Give me an impression of skiffle because I don't know what that is. And all I can see, I can see a tall double bass. I mean, who has a white double bass? The fucking pretentious twice. <laughs> Spurs people. Yeah. So, what, what does skiffle sound like? Uh, is it kind of like boom, boom, boom? Yeah, it's, it's like a little bit of uh, sort of half-assed drumming mixed with a double bass is how I'd describe it. I imagine it. it's like, you know, percussion. when the drummer uses like one of those brushes on his cymbal, is that right? Yeah, like like lame percussion. Uh, apologies <laughs> to any Skiffle fans. A washboard. Do you get a yeah, washboard? First, we're going to have, have the Skiffle Ultras on us now. <laughs> I, I imagine... Piling into the YouTube comments. If there are any Ultras we can probably take, it's probably the Skiffle Ultras. <laughs> the soft lads, I reckon. Yeah. You could wrap a washboard around your head, it might hurt. But yeah, we don't want that. No, no, no to Skiffle. What I do like is there, there is a photo that Rob posted that you've uh, stolen, Michael, and the foreground shows uh, three or four people in shot looking at the camera knowingly. <laughs> just, what is this? Unimpressed. What, what is this that I'm having to endure inside a football stadium? One of those is, is Rob's dad. And yes, he does look like he's just thinking, it's all very well coming to watch this in a nice stadium. But can you please? It's as bad as the bagpipes man at Ellen Road. Yeah. Just don't turn up. It's so upsetting. Sorry, I know he's probably raising money for something, but... <laughs> Christ, it's hard to listen to. Yeah, I mean, I remember we, we went to Edinburgh for a few days after we got married as a sort of just a, like a mini moon because uh, we didn't go off anywhere that year. Just went on a little mini moon and we stayed just off the Royal Mile. And of course, all you get on the Royal Mile is bagpipers. And there was one from outside our hotel window. About eight o'clock on the morning, he uh, he fired up. No, nothing against the bagpipes or Scots people in general. <laughs> you're, the, you're the one who brought... brought great great, bunch, great bunch of lads. Okay. Great bunch of lads. But um, just get a different instrument. Is that all we're asking? Mm-hmm. But not skiffle instruments. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Part two of Propaganda. 
where we hear what has been said by opposition fans about the game at Spurs. We got all the bloodletting done in part one. Moscow and I yelling at each other about transfer policy. Let's hear some other people yelling instead. Having heard the uh, the upcoming Man United clips, he's back, isn't he? Johnny United is back, <laughs> and he is. Uh... He's one of the milder ones. <laughs> he is. I think he, you have not heard yet. There has been no yelling here. Have you seen Steve Bruce has put his hat in the ring for uh, for the Man United gig? Imagine how big Steve Bruce's hat must be. It'd have to be like a sombrero, wouldn't it? But a comedy one. He could borrow it off Steve, Steve Evans. Evans. Yeah. I wonder if Steve Evans is sniffing around this, telling his agent, you know, just imagine what. Imagine just see what if the, they're uh, see if they're interested. Imagine what the inner headband is like of Steve Evans' sombrero. It would just be a ring of. Would you lick it? Hair dye and How much? dirt, wouldn't it? You, you actually said to me before the weekend, didn't you? There's actually people always, you know, when you say, would you do this for this amount of money? You always say people overestimate it. You'd do anything for money, really. Well, 20 quid or whatever. 20 quid? Nah, not. not. What is your price for licking it? 50? How heavily soiled? How long has he been wearing it? Well, this is, you know, the, the beauty of the sweater is in the beholder. I don't know. Because, I mean, he's, if he's actually been abroad with it, he's been in the right he's, state. He's worn it on a Spanish beach. Uh, for a full day to keep himself shaded. Oh, it's going to be like a. It's going to be saltier than a gammon. <laughs> Miss that. There's gonna, there's, so there's going to be sun cream in there, probably. There's going to be salt, sweat, a lot of Steve's DNA. How much? Hundred quid. Uh, one twenty. You've got a deal. One ten. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> one ten cash. Get it, get it in the post. <laughs> yeah. Gillingham. Uh, Gillingham. Steve Evans is current Gillingham manager, but he could be on the move. He's doing some kind of. Uh, Pochettino style manoeuvring. He says it's not my call that he's continuing to be linked to the vacant manager's job at Stevenage. The Gills rejected an initial approach from the League Two club last week, but before the weekend, Evans said that the Gills chairman Paul Scully. Gills. Well, it's Gillingham, but you don't you don't call them the Gills. No, it's got to be Gills. I think they're the Gills. Fish. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Scully anyway knows where I want to go in the summer, says Evans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his, uh, his current deal expires at the end of the season, so um, there's he's no, never been happy at Gilliam because he's in big Warnock style. He's always like, I could just sign one or two more. We'd have that squad up the top of the season, um, up the top of the table. But I think he's gonna just jump ship, isn't he? And go to Stevenage and relegate them. Stevenage, if you have, if you're a subscriber and you've listened to or watched the extra ball which you can watch as well. There's the video version of that on the website about Steve Morrison. Stevenage legend, of course. Mm-hmm. They've actually got, there's a, uh, it was confirmed by somebody who did tweet us to say, there is a wall of legends in Stevenage. I don't think it is just sporting legends. It's just legends of the town. And Steve Morrison is one of the six that they've oh, picked out. So, you know, big Steve Evans, if they make, we could erase a couple of them. If big Steve <laughs> Evans gets himself in the lexicon and they could add him to that wall. They've already it? got Graham Wesley, haven't they? He's a, he's a Stevenage great as well. Mm-hmm. I think. Medal big, winner. Uh, there's a big temptation to Evans because the Stevenage chairman is saying we have funds available to strengthen the squad in January if a new manager feels that is necessary. So it's like you can strengthen the bench. Salivating. <laughs> salivating as it is. And uh, yeah. So big Steve Evans update that I think everyone was uh, it's the th- hoping it's the- to hear. <laughs> In, what, in, the, in the Spurs half of propaganda. They did just lose. Uh, I think the last game they lost 2-0 to Crew. So yeah, it's about time he jumped ship. Yeah, the point of propaganda is we find out what's been said about Leeds United. Imagine and, him jumping and, off a ship. Imagine <laughs> the, the tidal wave that would ensue. Don't know why I've just started thinking of Robert Maxwell. Anyway, um, back to the Spurs game and we've been delving through the Spurs channels to find out what they thought about it. Go on then, Michael. What do we have? They were just a bit annoyingly happy by the end of it, which was a shame because it could have been so different. This is, this is I think, what annoyed me about them because they were, clearly would have gone 
they would have flipped entirely if they'd drawn this game, which they could very easily have done. They'd have flipped even more if they'd have lost it, which again, they could quite easily have done. As it was, they were all really bloody pleased with themselves mm. and it annoyed me. So first, let's have a little bit of misery. Well, that's almost like what football's about, isn't it? You know, Because yeah. if we'd have won that, we'd have been over the moon and said, United are back, there's no way we're going down this season. Look at us, we're mid-table now. And actually, as it swung just around those two goals... But we'd have deserved that. Mm. They didn't. And we're better. We're better exactly. people than they are. Okay, fine. Go exactly. on. The Irish Hotspur, is who I found first of all, he was doing a, um, a YouTube watch along. This man isn't Irish that you're going to hear. But it does It does kind of, I suppose, indicate how much the, the team news so boosted it, it, them it, as well. It's an Irish channel about a Cockney team, but it's neither of those. And then it just is an American man. Oh, there's a lot of Americans doing this. Okay, mm. fine. Here we go. It feels like all of my work from, you know, kind of talking about the threats of Rodrigo and Rafinha have been undone in the best sort of way. I mean, I, if I had anything that was fearful, now I feel like, you know, they really have lost their true fire, you know, their true firepower. Rafinha, I was so scared about against Ben Davies. Now I don't even have to think about it anymore. Dark Sun G, you know, I can just wipe it from my brain. All the nightmares that I had last night about it are for no reason at all. Because clearly God is on our side when it comes to that one. I don't know what happened because they had no, there's no, there's nothing indicating they wouldn't play this match. So I don't know what happened. Maybe they were struck down by lightning. I can say one thing. There is no way that God, if he or she, they exist, that they are a Spurs fan. It seems unlikely. Only when the year ends in one. Yeah. Okay. Right. Fair enough. I, I can, I can buy into what he said there. It was annoying. Yeah. Fine. But then you can have at least a little listen to them uh, being upset at our goal, which yeah. is something. I know, I know, it ultimately didn't lead to anything, but it's still nice to hear a bit of upset, isn't it? Won't, won't even want to. Oh! God. oh my God! Oh my Lord Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Oh my God! What are we watching? This team is actually cursed. This team is cursed. No, nah, it's not cursed, Ed. It's- no, that's just this shit. shit. Like this team is actually this shit. There's so much shit on this pitch. So we've gone from God being on their side to their cursed within 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, to shit. Right. Pitch covered in shit. I did wonder when he said, <laughs> what are we watching? Whether the Daxel and Lee turned over to songs of praise by mistake. There's a lot of Lord and Jesus Christ. That's why I was making that joke. Mm, thank you. I always find a joke is best explained. If yeah. you have to explain the point. Well, if, li- if you like humour... Oh, we're going into some humour. Someone in the comments makes a joke and I'll tell you what, it is hilarious. Can I just say, I haven't heard this clip. I can't wait to hear it. Here we go. Truth sets you free. Nobody likes a winky. Just ask the ladies. (laughs) Absolutely love that. Truth sets you free. That's a good bit of humour there, my man. Sorry? (laughs) I just really enjoyed his laugh. (laughs) Because they have a player called Harry Wink. I'll explain. I don't mind explaining the jokes. Harry Winks. Conte in his press conference before the game called him Winky. Wee Willy Winky. Sounds quite funny, doesn't it? So it's because it makes it sound like a penis. So that person has uh, has said the ladies don't like Winkies. Mm-hmm. It seems a blanket statement. I mean, context is key. And I mean, uh, given that the population, you know, the human population continues to expand, I would suggest that there's evidence to the contrary. But there we go. We could go on a, <laughs> a, a big digression here, but let's not. Um, and as he points it out, it's great humour. It's good to hear it thoroughly reviewed. It just needed a little like seven or eight out of ten at the end just to polish that off, but we didn't get it. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> and thank and thank you to uh, the Irish Hotspur for that moment of great levity. I, bet, I wonder if he still thinks about it at night sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a great uh, bit of humour. <laughs> but only a bit of humour, just a great bit of humour. Love that. I think it, 
when you see we don't do this uh, yet on YouTube, but you see the um, the super chats that people pay for on there. Maybe it was I didn't notice. Maybe someone had paid money to make that joke, so he's <laughs> right, gone. So you have to laugh at it. Oh, 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 oh yes, that is a that is a. Thanks for your five pounds. That was a great one. If you've got any other shit jokes to send in, I will laugh at those too for money. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone's got bad jokes to send yeah, if in. If you want to pay us money to do jokes, <laughs> laugh at whatever you want. Right, what we got next? Expressions oozing. Yep, I think we had him last year. He's the He's just off. Yeah, I still find the name of the thing quite unsettling. Yeah, oozing winkies. It's like when everyone talks about... Um, Made me think of Ghostbusters 2, you know, when the slime's under the building. Football news emerging. I never like that when people say that the team sheet has emerged. From it emerged? Well, exactly. What has it emerged from? from under a door. What was it doing before? Well, I think we're thinking more graphic. Well, no, that, yeah. like, you, things don't really... I suppose it might it's, no, something something it's slipped under a door, isn't it? You yeah. don't emerge mm. from under a door. Emerge implies that it's, it's kind of like... It's, Steve Evans Steve Evan swallowed it in a yeah. condom and now it's emerging. <laughs> or even just like... <laughs> wow. From beneath his shirt or something. Emerged. I, I can't get Steve Evans out of my mind now. <laughs> soaked in sweat and covered in pubes. Oh, Jesus. And Please. here's the team news. Just to say it's been announced or it's been printed or because that's what you do with the team sheet is you print them i'll tell you what the do, you sec- st- do you still do episode episode titles for these I not for these i don't uh, so, because uh, covered, in, covered in pubes would have been a great um <laughs> just for the main show one. yeah it's, it's hard to think of them sometimes and mm. i will say i've enjoyed the second half of the show already a lot more than the first half <laughs> anyway what, what's the clip we need steve evans back well, don't we so much to talk about <laughs> he does these live watch alongs and he looks like he's doing this in a kind of like a break room of an office building is it or something? a cgi one though or a green oh screen no it looks it looks shit it's right. there's like there's like boxes of stuff piled up behind him and he's complaining about some people doing work upstairs i think at some point but bear in mind he does a watch long and it is all like this right okay. and it's so unbearable i can't believe anyone would listen to it for more than the minute i'm forcing you to listen to I it i mean but. there but for the grace of god go i etc but here you go I see what you mean. That's hard work. It's exhausting, isn't it? It is, yeah. Fam and blood. It's not necessary. <laughs> and just to keep repeating the same thing over again, just have a bit of silence if you've yeah. nothing new to say. Yeah. The, uh, the silence com- carries a lot of weight. The comments on the stream are quite interesting. People feeling very, quite sorry for him just because there's, there's two massive sofas there. They're both like four seaters. And then in the background, you can see there's like loads of junk in what does seem to be like a, an abandoned office. And there's nobody with him on this live stream either. He's just there on his own shouting. Blood and the fam. Screen. That's why like, he's doing it, isn't it? Somebody says, uh, I feel sorry for Big X here. Where's his home? He's left a brother on his own. And somebody's saying, come to a Tottenham bar in DC. It's in a hotel and it's downtown. I can't believe they've got X by himself watching the game. 
Um, X going to give it to you. Why is he watching the match in the storage unit? They could have put you up better than that, man. Everybody's, Who's they? Well, I think, I have a feeling he may be, uh, he may have teamed up with Barstool, who are best avoided for lots of reasons. But yeah, uh, he's very lonely. People, <laughs> I don't like what they're doing to the X I used to love. I don't like this one bit, says one commentator. So did people uh, like this at some point? Well, I think they liked it before he was just sitting in the storage unit storage unit on his own just with nobody to help him and uh they've done they've done x dirty with this watch watch along they've set the man up where's all your homies bro this need this needs a christmas redemption story yeah is what i feel it needs i've gone from really being pissed off at listening to him to actually feeling quite sorry i for see that. i'm i'm perfectly comfortable with him being in a storage unit i just think he should be in there by himself and without a camera <laughs> shouting <laughs> Ideally, yeah. You should just have it. I mean, actually, if you go do, through a shouting unit, genuinely, if you take the camera out of the equation, there, it's mental, isn't it? I don't sit in a storage unit on your own shouting at Spurs. Yeah, I don't understand what is happening with this channel. Says one person. You've gone from doing vibrant match day vlogs to sitting in a big room on your own shouting at a TV. <laughs> so I feel like we've uh, we've intruded. To be fair, I did most of that. I was basically my lockdown. That we've intruded on them um, with somebody's uh, personal meltdown. Yeah, I think he's chased. What I'm gathering from the comments is that he's gone for the Barstool, are giving him loads of money and ruining it. Fair enough. So, so if Barstool want to give us loads stay, of money, no, <laughs> no, this is it. We're joking. Stay, stay independent. That's why you should support independent channels like the Square Ball. What about Tottenham fan Chris Cowling? Then let's hear from him or her. It's a man. It's oh. Chris. It is Chris Cowling, the man. Has a slight look of Pochettino about him. Okay, weirdly, which is slightly odd. I mean, there are loads of people involved in this. There's some guy who was on EastEnders, which I don't watch. I think he might be one of the clips. I can't remember. But um, the first bit he does here, he's in... You're, he's in... you're thinking of the drums now, aren't you? <laughs> I, I am. Obviously. Yeah. Percussion. Back onto that. But the first clip, he's in the ground. Then there's some more clips. But it's just all them going, oh, Conte. Mm. Right. Aren't he great? Yeah. No, he's not. We've said Warnock. And Antonio Conte, throughout the whole of the minutes, he was shouting. He was screaming. He was running up and down the touchline. Even right at the end um, that I put the clip in um, this video, he was, uh, you know, telling the fans to come on, you know, get behind the team, sing for the team. Absolutely love his passion. This is why I love Antonio Conte as a manager. He has demanded this win today. He has uh, just demanded everything from these players today. And we have got over that line and got the three points. I will say this, Big X was running up and down shouting and screaming. And we've just, you know, labelled him a madman. He's saying Conte's a hero for doing the same thing just because it was in his football ground. Well, in your yeah. big spaceship, well, exactly. stupid. Stick him in uh, a big yellow storage. What does Conte look like with a skiffle band? <laughs> <laughs> they do have the contrast with Nuno Santo, and I think that's where I have some sympathy for Spurs because last it seemed like all he did this season was kind of pick the team and then stand on the touchline with his arm folded, looking really worried as if he'd made a terrible mistake. So having somebody at least looking interested, I can see where the they're coming from but that's just classic football fan thing of just wanting something different from the last guy though pretty soon whoever is next manager and just stands there very dignified and not shouting running back screens oh such a such a great change Conte just running up and down all the time shouting it was just annoying wasn't it <laughs> I think this is where I contrast with Bielsa and I suppose I get almost a bit defensive of Bielsa in saying well he doesn't need to do all that stuff even when he shows little bits of emotion when he does his little celebrations he does his little I mean, even the goal, arms rocking thing, even the goal at Swansea, I, I went down uh, the rabbit hole again with that over the weekend. Just, you know, I like to remind myself of happy times. And there is that wide angle shot of the dugouts, you know, when all the players like stream onto the pitch like ants going after food and they just go swamp 
Pablo in the corner. But you do see Bielsa. He just does that double fist pump and then just turns back towards the uh, the dugout because that's all he does because he's he's too good for this world. Well, he's learned it, hasn't he? He didn't used to be like you see the footage of him in the nineties and obviously the famous stuff of him on everybody's shoulders at Newell's when they won the title and he, the helicopters are in the the background. And we, I think we talked the other week. In fact, yeah, we were saying last week about how Conte is going to like Bielsa before before the change before he learned to before uh, he grew up to walk twelve steps. Whenever there's a something vexing him, that's what he does to kind of, and even when something is delighting him, if we scored a goal, right, I need to just go and count some steps and then review it. Whereas Conte is still just he's raw, unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like you know previous managers and everything, you framed it perfectly for the next clip. I think Moscow because is this right? They've blamed the first half not on Conte. And then the second half is entirely down to Conte. Well, yeah, they're, they're giving him an awful lot of credit for basically putting in half a performance. So like that Doncaster game when uh, Warnock went in the dressing rooms and took over from Redfern because <laughs> it wasn't going his way. I went in there told uh, told him to get that sewer rat out of the team and uh, 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 etc. Yeah, here we go. What can you say? Game of two halves. First half was the usual, why is he playing Winks, Davis? I hate this club, this team. Not, not Conte out yet, obviously. But just thinking, what are we doing? No shots on goal. And then second half, it's just like, I don't know what he gave them or what he said to them, but it was a totally different second half, mate. And for for quite a few glimpses in the second half, it looked like we got our Tottenham back for a bit. So, and look, I know we're all going to say it, but I have to, because the one thing I had to say was Conte, the last few minutes of that game, when he was rearing the crowd up and stuff, that, you know, after seeing Nuno with his arms folded for the last few weeks, seeing that is just... Oh, it made my day. Best best part of the game today for me. I loved it. Mm, best part the, of the game. The we got our Tottenham backs. I always think that triggered me as well because uh, it, it goes back to the Newcastle thing, doesn't it? We were saying like you know the the idea that Tottenham are in some way exceptional. They deserve better things. The back how they were now in the nineteen fifties, owned <laughs> by um, a sovereign wealth fund from the Middle East, and um, the the business of geeing the crowd up and the contrast with Santo standing with his arms folded. Maybe Nuno was just channeling what was happening in the stands because if you're 10 minutes from victory against Leeds United in the first home game with this new manager who you all absolutely love and he has to go charging about to get you all cheered up if you remember the you know the Bielsa's first game against Stoke I don't think at any point anybody needed incitement to sing or to enjoy that game we're, we're chanting Bielsa's name after I remember writing it down I think it's about the 65th minute was the first time Marcelo Bielsa's name was sung at Leeds United, I don't know if there was uh, much Antonio Conte singing, but the fact that he was having to run around and get Spurs fans to actually recognise what was good about it says that the Spurs fans deserve their skiffle-blighted cheese stadium. <laughs> oh, and oh, great affection. I'm bothered. This last clip, brilliant. Did you see Conte hugging every player at the end? Oh, my God. Like, hugging? Uh, it's like when he went up and like, I think you need to hug the fans as well. Eric He was proper charged up though, wouldn't he? No, and, but that's, like that's, you that's said, Chris. That's why, you know, we're all smiling because you want to see your, your you know, like, like what Klopp is, you know what I mean? How Klopp is. You, you yeah. want to see our manager like that and we've got a manager like that now. There we go. So they did just want somebody to hug them. That was it, wasn't it? Like a, Aggressively. Like, like a neglected child. But it is all, it felt to me quite performative Conte's stuff, I have to say. I have to say that if you 
if that was us in the same situation, I know, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, we, we'd have all been we'd have been all over it after seeing Nuno, like you say, stood there arms folded. But that's not what football's about, is it? We can call them dickheads for it because it's not us. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I and guess we can pretend that we're above it because it's not happening to us. I feel like they've they've been taken in by it. <laughs> and as a, as a, you're, you're fools and you're naive. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like you're what you're like idiot children watching a magic show and you're all going oh it's brilliant isn't it it's not brilliant kids he's a liar that video of Bielsa who is he called a magician a hand liar I can't remember where I heard that that video of Bielsa hugging Bamford in training not moving at all was it that was fine because he didn't know anyone was watching that was from the training ground footage Mm. Conte was fully aware there was the full gamut of 100 sky cameras on him and he's the big deal in town now isn't he so they're, they're bound to be showing him so that's why he's giving it all that stuff Naive. Like, naive. <laughs> like your expression's oozing, man. You take the cameras out of his storage unit, he leads probably score, and like most people, he's just gone, fuck's sake. And that'd have been it, and he'd have sat in silence. Yeah, but, but, in, but look at us. I mean, we're sat here doing this. Cameras, audio, we're recording. No, I'm not, I, don't have any, I don't have any pretend emotion on it. But you've taken your shirt off, Michael, <laughs> as the people on the video can now see. <laughs> Who says it's not performative? Ridic- put it back on. Please put uh, put the oil back in your bag. Anyway, right. it, yeah, I, what it, people let, don't see is that when we turn the, the cameras off, that's when the hugging starts. <laughs> it led me to the conclusion. Michael uh, won't let us film it, but <laughs> we're pretty sure it'll do pretty well on YouTube when we convince him. <laughs> let me to the conclusion he's not a good manager anyway, Conte. Which I'm aware, I'm aware it's a ridiculous stance to take. One Occhio, that's all he is, isn't it? But I had a look at what he's won. He's basically won... Won the league a few times with the Juventus. Fine, everyone does that. Won the league with Chelsea. <laughs> got sacked. Fine, everyone does that. Mm. Won the league with Inter Milan, they win it all the time too. No, so they what? <laughs> they won it like think, six think... times in the in recent years. Basically, Inter and Juventus are the only teams that ever win it. Well, and he's managed both of them, and he's won the league. Like, so well done. I, I'm only I'm only defending <laughs> Conte because I'm convinced he's going to be our manager um, in the future. In which case, we will rewrite history and pretend this never happened. Yeah, we never had this conversation. But when he Juventus, those titles came when they just come back from being forcibly relegated for the um for being cheats for being cheats so he was part of the rebuilding process so that was reasonable yeah and but- then i'm sure inter hadn't won the league for ages when he did that they were pissing around in mid table like idiots anyway no uh, not really and they'd, listen, won it, they'd won it 2006 7 8 9 10 they'd won it in um, all, all cheating right so that's 10 years yeah but they've won it like, to look at it another way the only team that won it between 2005-06 and the re- the present day, AC Milan have won it once. It has been Juventus and Inter Milan for every other of those years. Yeah. But the last 10 years, Inter were 6th, 9th, 5th, 8th, 4th, 7th, 4th, 4th. And he took them, they went 2nd with, I don't think, was it him there? I don't know. Uh, yes, it was. 2nd and then 1st. He's probably an alright manager. Just about. Just but it's about. still a myth, isn't it, Michael? But it just annoyed me. It well, just shows if you, the right kind of hug mm-hmm. it work wonders. Well, what I was going to say was, let's not get too caught up on that um, chancer and move yeah, on. Speaking of good managers. Well, no, move, move on to the club that um, they probably wished he would have gone to had they acted to get rid of Solskjaer sooner. I mean, that's just part of the beauty, isn't it? It's perfect, isn't it? Like they missed out on Conte. Now they're trying to, to, <laughs> to close the door shut down the lights and don't answer the phone to Steve Bruce. Was it? I think it was, is it Ian Herbert? And I and I thought for a second that it might have been an article in The Onion or something like that, like a spoof, suggesting Mark Hughes going there. <laughs> I don't, but I don't know. I, I, need, I need to go Christ. back and double check that. Give uh, it Mal Donaghy to the end of the season. <laughs> Neil Webb. Uh, anyway. Get Lee Sharp in and play the kids. Had they acted sooner, they would have obviously got rid of Solskjaer, which we all knew was going to happen because he's terrible. 
Uh, and I they, don't think he's terrible. And they might, and they might have put in Conte sooner, and they might have had him. But as it is, they're probably going to have Steve Bruce. Imagine now. how much more annoying that would have been actually to see mm. him doing that. Oh, he gets it. He gets it. He the, understands the, Manchester United Football Club. The United the Way. This is Manchester United. This is Manchester United Football Club. The United Way. He's Manchester United. Uh-huh. Manchester United. Because we are Manchester United. Yeah. 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 So we. So and he gets it. Then. He you like, gets you it. Like, he he understands like, what it means to be yeah. Manchester United. You like the Uggs, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Right. Anyway, you liked him shouting, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Anyway, Johnny United is back because he, he disappeared, didn't he? And, and he rage quit Twitter. He did. I was trying to work out why, and I was looking at pe- what people were tweeting at him. Right. And there seems to be some allegations being made about his girlfriend being a prostitute. Really? Which I'm pretty sure are untrue. Yeah. But I think that might have been well, enough. Let's to, let's assume they're untrue until we know have, different. That may have been enough to make him quit. Right. And the amount of abuse. It's quite, quite an allegation. I mean, it really is. I mean, Moscow says similar things about my wife, but I, I, <laughs> I'm almost certain he doesn't mean it most of the time. Um, but thanks. To, I need to give thanks to... Um, <laughs> sorry, Dan's just just busy laughing. Oh, yeah. Um, ben Mackay, who was seen... <laughs> these, are, these are the things that don't make the edit normally. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Johnny... And maybe shouldn't now. No. <laughs> it's fine. Um, she didn't watch the shishes at work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. Anyway. <laughs> Any, anyway, he does these he does these um, live things on Twitter now, does Johnny? So you need to catch him yeah. in the act it's, to get, to get the, Twitter's exciting new mm. feature. They've moved it to the forefront. If you're wondering what that extra button is on your app, and you're like, "Oh, that might be something interesting and perhaps calming." Mm. So it's something I may learn. It may be a, a place where I can learn things. Discover yeah. new viewpoints and contemplative uh, space. Hmm. Yeah, for discussion for and, like uh, like-minded souls, healthy exchange of uh, views and opinions. And instead of because the you know the thing with Twitter is it's so loud and obnoxious and abusive, and it's very Rich, difficult. Very reactionary, isn't it? Yeah, and it's very difficult to find kind of the something beneath the noise that's more meaningful and uh, maybe might make you think. So perhaps this new Twitter feature that they uh, stole off of that clubhouse thing maybe that's going to do it for and after hearing the quality of uh, of a conversation available everybody will be rushing to check out this new feature should we hear it this is him after Watford right, pin your fucking ears back because I'm, I'm going to go off me right how many fucking times how many bad performances do you people that are still backing Ollie because I know there's still some of you hiding under your fucking rocks like little pussies right how many fucking of these performances do you need to see before you wake up and smell the fucking coffee? Oh, I'm back the manager, I'm back the manager till the end. What bullshit is that? What are you gonna are you gonna follow him off a fucking cliff? Would you fall to your death following him off a cliff? Are you dumb? Oh no, we're back the manager till the end. Fuck off with bollocks! Absolute bollocks! The guy's a fucking loser. He doesn't know what he's doing. Why are you backing him? What are you, what are you backing? He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't fucking deserve your backing. It's blind, stupid loyalty. Oh, no, you're not a real fan if you don't back the manager. Fuck that shit. Fuck. Honestly, Ollie, go fuck yourselves. Ollie, you. what's dumb logic? Dumb fucking logic. Oh, no, I have to back him till the end because he's the guy. Bollocks. Singing Ollie's at the wheel. What a dead song. Ollie's at the wheel. Ollie's at the, listen, Ollie's at the fucking wheel of a fucking car crash. A fucking pileup. That's what he's in charge of. I'm fucking sick of this bullshit. Back the manager, fucking rhetoric. It's a fucking cult. You're not United fans. You're Ollie fans. You're not supporting United. You just back fucking Ollie. You're fucking pathetic. 
If you're not fucking, if you aren't calling for this fucking manager sacking, you're part of the fucking problem. You're a fucking disgrace to a fucking badge. Fucking lot of you. I've had enough. <laughs> I mean, we mute the mics during that clip. But we're sat here giggling away. I honestly think he needs therapy, but in the nicest way possible. He hates Man United fans so much. Yeah. It's great. I, was, I think I'm going to, you'll hear it in the, the next clip better, but there was a bit of it in there. I'm really, it's incredible to find out that even scum fans with comedy scum voices make fun of scum fans with comedy scum voices. gone very meta when he's doing the impression that we do of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, 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 Brad, he's a Bradford lad, he's Johnny United, isn't he? He's, he's like kindred spirit for me. I mean, he sounds pure mank. So whether that's studied, I did wonder whether there is a, an element of this when we're talking about the ex sitting in his, uh, in his abandoned storage unit, whether it's a little bit like uh, when Johnny's finished on his phone, he puts it down there. Yeah, well, another performance uh, completed. I'll have, takes off his uh, his method acting uh, persona. Like, well, I think I'll go and uh, see if what the butler's prepared for my for my uh, supper. It's been evening. Daniel Day Lewis all along. Yeah. Come on, let's have some more shouting. Well, he calms down for like very brief periods. Well, you, need, you need to supply your brain with oxygen, don't you? Yeah, I, I think it's all relative as well. Yeah, calm down. But sometimes at the start, there'll be because on these spaces he occasionally lets other people speak although he does sometimes muscle in and go no it's my it's my stream I'll do what I want you shut up it's a good feature isn't it yeah everything we were just saying about it spot on (laughs) but it calms down a bit but never for very long we had Ollie in his press conference this week oh we've corrected a few things we've worked on a few things we've put some things right the same fucking bullshit the same rhetoric the same lies same nonsense coming out of his fucking mouth Guy don't know what he's fucking talking about. The state of that fucking performance today. And I had people try to tell me that I'm a fake fan because I won't back this fucking idiot. I'm a fake fan because I won't back incompetence. Have a fucking word for yourselves. I won't dare back him. I won't fucking dare. I won't embarrass myself. I've got a bit of dignity. I've got fucking pride. I've got my United's best interest in my fucking heart. But you'll go falling off that fucking cliff because you'll fall to the fucking rocks at the bottom of the fucking ocean. You fucking stupid bastards. You're stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> the bit where he calls them fucking stupid bastards. I just, it really cracked me up. The, the key words are, uh, are pride and dignity. Dignity. The, the dignity. And that's, that's where I start to wonder, you know. Ship called dignity. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We're nearly there with him anyway. <laughs> What is it ever over? It just it feels like he's off. I was saying like in that first clip, I was like, like making the motion with my hand there of like he's just ramping. It feels like he's constantly ramping up. I don't know how he does it. He keeps ramping up and up and up and up. We're not even close yet. All right, this is him just being upset at, being <laughs> at the Watford defeat a little bit more and the fact that it is Watford. I thought it was bad enough to get humiliated on by Liverpool and then get humiliated by say we've been humiliated by fucking Watford, man. Watford, fuck out of here, man. Fuck out of here. Anybody that back solid, block me, block me now. I beg you, block me. Because you know what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> Such disdain. I've never heard anyone say Watford like that. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> Apart from Angus Kinnear, of course. Obviously, yes. Yeah, who hates them. Right, go on, then what else have we got from him? Well, this I don't know who this person is, but it's someone else who was on his stream. And they've, they're t- taking certain cues from Johnny, I would say. I think they've got more of a Midlands twang, this right. person, but they're not a huge fan of, of Ollie or Maguire, it turns out. If there are any children in the room... I would suggest just sending them out for the duration of this unless they're familiar with very industrial language and manx. How f- dare you? How f- dare you? 
Clap. High five. That fucking big head. Can he get sent off? You fucking king muppet. Are you just laughing at you? You're making us a laughing stock. There's no consequences for bad performances. How can you high five? That for getting sent off. Hello, you muppet. What the is wrong with you? I'll speak the fucking death of this to the manager. Finally, this cost. You're embarrassment to us. bleep some of those to get past the YouTube algorithm. That's what we remember I said before that you ain't heard any shouting yet. There was the shouting. I wonder, you know, you go downstairs after after that and your kids are like, what were you doing, Dad, up there? Yeah. I was just talking to my friends. <laughs> talking to my friends on the internet. Shouted at a phone about a big head. <laughs> there was more Maguire hate thrown in around the place as well, but it was you there's can't only, hate there's, him. Only, there's only so much you can put in. You can't hate him. He, he is physically funny. He's so funny. And every time any reference to like a Cooperism, always just go and watch a video of that absolute fraud. <laughs> I mean, the difference player. is they paid, what, 80 million for him and we paid 800,000. Exactly. And we were talking the other week when he scored that England goal, how he was doing his weird ear cupping, fingers and ears thing. And you're thinking, not against Albania, not yeah. against San Marino. These are not the times to do this. Read like, the room. Like you Wait until you play someone a bit better. Like Watford. Like Watford. <laughs> Watford! <laughs> anything, we've, anything we've ever done in the last few years, anything that's gone wrong, anything you can blame Liam Cooper for for doing wrong, just thank Christ we didn't pay £80 million for Harry Maguire. Who is grateful to Ollie, as, as his PR team tweeted out from his, uh, his account, how grateful he was to come to that club, etc. Well done. Right, um, Webby and O'Neill, yeah? Yeah, I go to Webby and O'Neill for my more sensible opinions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Webby was in, he was in Watford. <laughs> so it was O'Neill and someone else. But O'Neill is obviously, he looked at the what's happened with Solskjaer. It's not really worked out, has it? Somewhat like a former great of an ex-player coming back. Not with a great managerial record, but with the United, Manchester United DNA. And he's come to a, an obvious conclusion. Thing is, interim manager... They've not even got one. Who can it be? I don't know. Me? I'd bring in Roy Keane right now because everyone inside that club needs a good kicking, a proper kicking, because they're all a disgrace. <laughs> Just imagine the poor tea lady who sat there in the canteen. Roy Keane comes in, fucking lays her out. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of, there's a, a Paul Sykes documentary who's this lunatic from Wakefield and he discusses having to, his son's nicked some money off him. And he says he's going to have to give him a beating. And he says a proper 15-year-old beating as well. Because it's like, he's old enough for me to properly kick the shit out of him, is what he means. And that's Roy Keane's job. I mean, I personally, I would love to see Roy Keane in there, mm. falling out with people. I think Paul Pogba would be delighted to see him, as would Ronaldo. Mm. Although, actually, the idea of Roy Keane smacking Ronaldo is quite, <laughs> quite appealing. There is a certain appeal. Because yeah. yeah. Ronaldo obviously looks physically capable of fighting. Yeah. But I imagine Roy Keane would absolutely destroy him and just leave him in a pulp on the floor. So I'd, I would be happy with that. If we're looking for a like a working coach from a classic Fergus Gump team to go in, Phil Neville 
is mm. they've just come to the end of the season in MLS. I'm trying to work out where... Is he still pretending to be a manager? Inter Miami, is Yeah, it? I'm trying to work out where Inter Miami finished. They finished 11th of 14 in the Eastern Conference. Was I'd, it, say, it was, I'd say avoiding relegation, but they don't have it, do It they? was Phil Neville, no. wasn't it, who um, suggested they had 30 cup finals coming up. I think it was <laughs> something like that. In a 34-game season. Yeah. Um, to be, yeah, they won 12, drew 17. Oh, no. Right, sorry. Draw it, 17? No, no. It's, Mental. It's win-lose tie. It's an American. Uh, so they won 12, lost 17, tied 5, uh, scored 36, conceded 53. They were, the bottom team is FC Cincinnati, and they were 21 points ahead of them. So that's good. So yeah, get Phil Neville in, play the kids. I was trying to think who else might possibly be available. Yep, Stam. Liked passing it around, didn't he? Yeah, can go side to side. I don't know if he's coaching, because he failed at uh, Reading and it. Um, was he at Atlanta? Uh, no, he's oh, he's the coach of FC Cincinnati, who uh, finished <laughs> plum bottom. Amazing. So they could have uh, they could have Yap Stam in charge. Um, Nicky Butts sort of keeping himself to himself. Andy Cole. Well, I want you to think, go a bit further back in time. Mm. And Steve Nichols already there. He's got a solution. It's a solution I've not heard anyone suggest. And you can tell by the end of discussing it, Steve's pretty certain it's not going to work either. We, we, we but need he to, doesn't care. We need to just frame this as well and say, Steve Nichols, former Liverpool defender. Uh, we've discovered him as an ESPN ponder in America, isn't he? And quite frankly, what a bizarre man he is. <laughs> He's disinterested in life. He hates football. He, he hates He hates football. <laughs> He just doesn't see the point in his own job, I no. think. But he keeps they keep dragging him in to talk about stuff. Well, he's I very he's very easily put, confused. I'll put an invoice in this month if I have to. <laughs> I mean, this crops up. I don't even know. I guess this is a screenshot from um, one <laughs> of his performances. I cannot but... tell you how much this tickles me every time. It's when you get to the very last point, the very last line. I mean, because you know, footballers they carb load, don't they, before a game, mm. like and have, after. Yeah, they'll have like chicken and, and rice or whatever, won't they, to, to build up like the protein levels, and then but then they carb load just before a game, so they've got loads of energy to burn. But Steve Nichols' diet during the season, the day before a game. No, I don't know if this is when he was a footballer or if this is now, but it's it's the fi- it's the final four words that get it for me. So yeah, lunchtime sausage and mash. That's between twelve and twelve thirty, he has a nice plate sausage and mash. Processed yeah. meat, probably not the best, yeah. but um, afternoon snack. Then he's into two bags of crisps. So a couple of, a couple of hours later, yeah. Can of Coke again, sugar, lot of sugar, carbs, a lot of sugar, a lot of salt. Maybe not ideal. You think you've had enough enough salt? Get your fish and chips in. Well, you see, you see, by this time, then I'm getting a bit peckish again. Um, by six, between six and six thirty, specifically, I'm fancying something else to eat. What have I got now? Full fish and chips and with beans. Yeah, more carbs then. It's more great. carbs, but you've got your protein there with your fish, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's having he's having scraps on that as well. Of course, he is. Yeah, yeah. It's a, probably a battered sausage. Sometimes I would say as Prote- well. Protein in your beans, but so. then, but then just before, just before bed. Well, I mean, well I mean, let's let's face it, right? You, you've all been there. You've had your tea. You know, it's settled. It's gone down. Whatever. You're watching telly. Maybe ca- casualties on the TV or whatever. And you think, do you know what? Oh, just fancy a little bit of something now, just to <laughs> just to see me through to morning. Given the timings on this, we're talking we're talking two and a half hours after eating full fish, chips, and beans. <laughs> He's having a club sandwich, a pot of tea, <laughs> a pint of coke, and six bags of crisps in thirty minutes. Six bags of have you ever tried to eat six bags of crisps I have eaten I mean I suppose I have eaten like a full big bag before to myself over the course of a, an hour or so maybe. that's that's 180 grams of crisps that's a lot of crisps that is a lot of crisps following on your club sandwich which is again it's a lot of bread there it's bread heavy there's a lot of carbs there I love a our, pint of coke the club sandwich really dates him as well though because he's an 80s footballer mm. it was it was very on trend 
in the late 80s uh, as a point of kind of sophistication to be knocking down a, a club sandwich. So just because he's had sausage and mash and, and most of his other diet seems to be crisps and potatoes <laughs> of, in their just various forms, the- just throw a club sandwich in there just to show that he's on trend. And Luther Vandross, probably. <laughs> he's, um, he's gone into the kitchen. He's seen that he's got a multi-pack there, two ready-salted, two salt and vinegar, two cheese and onion. He looks at me and goes, which one shall I have? All of them. Why? Yeah, why, <laughs> why, why stop at yourself? one? Why stop at one? Anyway. I really like the fact that ESPN put the, a headshot next to him <laughs> um, on this graphic to show his uh, diet before the game. Even, as it, he is now looking... Morbidly obese. Uh, well, no. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's, he's fine. He, yeah. he, but he just looks very serious in his glasses and his suit and ties. If it, It's like a bad advert for a really bad diet. <laughs> and he's there as like kind of the doctor who says, yeah, I, I endorse all this. This is... This is what you should be eating. A miracle is still alive. <laughs> and I bet told. you, I bet you he still eats that because looking at um, everything about Steve Nichols' attitude just says to me that he sits there every evening eating one bag of crisps <laughs> after another, almost as an act of defiance. Yeah. You know, Mrs. Nichols is probably... Thank you, like, Doctor. Like, do you think, think of the salt levels, Have you Stevie? thought maybe of trying some different foods and he just, he won't even, and just... Bag open. I'll set your hair on fire. <laughs> anymore. Let's hear the clip anyway. Yeah, it's nothing to do with food. No. <laughs> so what would you do? What I would do is I would hand the reins over to Mike Phelan right now. But he's there, isn't he? He's part of the problem. How can, how can you have you, a man who's been... You're not going to get a solution in 24 hours. That's guaranteed. And until then, you need some sort of continuity. Whether, whether it's the right... He's the right coach or not? You need some sort of continuity. But continuity hasn't worked this. so far, has it? We've been we've had well, continuity about, with Solskjaer for this it's long. Not, it's not about that anymore. It's not about that. It's about finding the next manager. Right. And until you find the next manager, you have to do what rationally is a sensible thing to do. If you want to go, if you just want to go and pick somebody off the street that knows nothing about United, and mm. go ahead and do it, right. well, that would be even worse. So you you do the sensible thing. Mike Phelan's experienced. He'll calm things down. They'll get on with playing. Might be better. Might not be better. But that's not what's important. <laughs> that's not what's important. No, no. It is important that it's better. That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> They'll just play the games. Oh, I just feel a lo- lob in a multi-pack of walkers. Yeah. <sighs> He'll get them there on time. They'll make kickoffs. They'll play oh. at the end. It's not actually so ludicrous an idea because there's reports that the scum board were considering giving it to Mike Phelan, but then they realised the way that the likes of Johnny United would react. So that's why Michael Carrick has got the gig, is because they were too frightened of the fan backlash if Mike Phelan was given caretaker charge. I'd give it to Johnny United, you know. I'd, I think he should be put in interim charge. Is Paul Lintz in work? I don't know. I'm just um, picking random names. Tony Colton would be a good call. He played for Man City, didn't he? Yeah, but he ended up sitting on uh, Scum's bench. Is Tony Colton alive? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, good. So Thank he fulfills. He fulfills the first part of the series. I'm sure he'll be pleased. I'm sure be pleased to learn that, won't he? He's at Man United. He's the goalkeeper scout. Uh, well, there you go. He's promoted from within. And to, to be <laughs> the goalkeeper. Did he nearly die? I think he may have had a heart attack at one okay, point. That's what I'm thinking. Um, of. Well, I'm glad he survived. <laughs> um, but they don't have any problems in their uh, goalkeeping scouting department, so that seems to be working pretty well. You could also a Cantona. Scum fans would love it if they brought Cantona back. It, but it would just be Solskjaer, Matt, too, wouldn't it? It'd be Solskjaer, mm-hmm. but French. Right. 
and I'll be I'll absolutely sign up for that. Listen, we've got we've got to wrap it up. We've run long on this show, but it has been great fun, particularly the second half of propaganda. I don't know what Johnny's going to do. He was a single issue pressure group, wasn't he? Mm. Essentially, It'd be interesting to hear like his uh, the, the UKIP of uh, of Man United mm. fans. Yeah. Interesting to hear is like kind of the happy version. If like if let let's hope they'd never win a trophy, but if they do, we should check in on Johnny and just hear what he sounds like when he's celebrating. He probably still won't be exactly He'll be annoyed that they didn't get rid of Solskjaer sooner because we could have won then. You got to win then. You were all going, oh no, give him more time. I told you we needed to get rid of him. You're all on a flat cliff. <laughs> At the bottom of the ocean on rocks. So many mixed metaphors You're stupid. As well. You're stupid. You try to track all the different things of what was under rocks and what was going off a cliff and where they were under the ocean and what, what the coffee smelt like. Um, his mind palace is quite a His frightening palace is a beautiful way to put it. Um, let's wrap it up there then. And thank you for watching and listening to Propaganda. That's been good fun. Well, that, we'll hopefully do more opposition stuff when we start winning some games because yeah. it's not it's a bit annoying having to listen to them being pleased. Well, Did look you at this know? One. We've got, we have got Arsenal coming up though, so don't forget if we win that one at mm. home, there should be some entertainment there. Did you know that Fergie's fledgling... Fergie's Fledglings has a Wikipedia page. Fergie's Fledglings were a group of football players recruited by Manchester United. Do you know? Under the management of Sir Alex Ferguson, often nicknamed Fergie, and trained by assistant coaches Brian Kidd and Eric Harrison before eventually progressing at the first team. Anyone can edit a Wikipedia page. Well, it's... uh, Oh, and this is... Class of 92 redirects here. And who is the... um, God, I hate them. Who's the chosen image for the... Fergie's fledglings page. It's the um. Is it Steve uh, Nichol? No. Uh, I mean, there are legally ways of describing this person that are probably best avoided yeah, while the court right. case is ongoing. It's Ryan Giggs. Yeah. It's upstanding citizen Ryan Giggs. Yeah, he brought them up so well. Okay, let's leave it there. Thanks. We will see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.